Hello, all my Reapers and Creepers. Hey, guys. Glad to have you back. Today, uh, I would say the mood for today is a little bit more chill. Child-friendly. Child-friendly. It's not as as spooky. It's interesting, though. Yeah. So today, we're going over our dark Disney fan theories. Yes. I do love Disney. I do, too. I mean, I know that a lot of people don't like Disney as a company, but that's what we were raised on. Right. And so today, we're going to be looking at these kid movies but with the adult perspective some of them are like just hidden right in plain sight well i guess all of them are but i would have never thought about it until they were pointed out this way that's kind of how i feel which i tend to watch the movie with the same frame of mind as when i first watched it right so if i watched it as a kid i only see it from that perspective until someone like points something out to me Mm mm-hmm but yeah, definitely looking back as an adult, there's like little details that, and, and of course, none of this stuff is confirmed. They're all fan theories. Right. I don't think they would ever confirm it, even if it was true. No. And some of them are more believable than the others. Mm-hmm. Some of them, I think, are just, that's something you do in film is you make cameos to basically your influences. And I, I, I think this with a lot of the like the Pixar stuff where they're trying to tie the whole universe together. Oh yeah. I don't think that they're so much trying to tie the universe together so much as they're just making a nod to their previous work or something. Right. It's, Cause Easter eggs are fun. Right. It's an Easter. It's not meant to can- canonically tie the universe together. It's just right. a Easter egg. Yeah. I think it's in Coco and the um, pizza planet truck from toy story drives. Yeah. By. That shows up. I think in Monsters, Inc., as they're going through the different doors, there's some stuff that you could possibly see. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, but, like, that's cool. But that doesn't mean that it ties everything together. Right. I think it's in Brave in the witch's house. Oh, I love Brave. There's a carving of Mike and Sully. Yeah, that's right. So they're saying that the witch is Boo. Mm. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> but what those aren't even the it's time. It's more of an Easter egg. Yeah, those aren't even the same well, the, times the, of. The theory period. is that if they're jumping spatially, they could be jumping time too through the doors. Okay, so make it as complicated as possible to make it work. Got it. That's how multiverses work, Boo Boo. Oh. <laughs> Duh. told me duh <laughs> okay have you not been watching anything marvel for the last year and a half i don't i don't even remember the last marvel thing we watched we're behind but yeah it's getting pretty complicated with the multiverse stuff like i think we watched maybe the first two episodes of she hulk yeah. when they came out i think that was the last thing we watched we're behind yeah but along that same lines in indiana jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, on the Ark, there's a carving of R2-D2 and C-3PO. <laughs> That's kind of Does that cool. mean that Star Wars was in the same universe as Indiana Jones? No. Does it mean that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were, like, best friends? And they were like, yes. <laughs> watch this. <laughs> so, yeah. that, that's what I mean by, sometimes it's just an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite Disney movie? Animated. <laughs> Like animated original specifically. How like how far back original? Like when we were kids or like the original originals? Well, like what we grew up on. Uh probably Emperor's New Groove. 
Really? Boom, baby. <laughs> Goblin 2 says that and it's the funniest thing. <laughs> she just, she does it with so much pizzazz. Sure. We'll go with pizzazz. <laughs> she has lots of pizzazz. She has lots of pizzazz. <laughs> I think Lion King was my favorite. Well, it's hard. Lion King, I love Lion King, but also Aristocats. Because mm. everybody wants to be a cat. Do they, though? They do. Okay. Even though we have all dogs. <laughs> so, let's get into some of our, our dark theories. My favorite is the uh, theory that Moana died in the storm. <laughs> Why is that your favorite? That's dark starting right off. <laughs> This is the point of the episode. Oh, I know, but straight to the death. Like, death. Yeah, like Metallica over there. <laughs> it just make this is one of those that makes sense once it's pointed out to you. Yeah. Because you, you start the movie and she's around people. She goes off, she's in the storm, and from that point on, the only person other than Moana in the movie is Maui. And, like, she crashes. She crashes. And Maui's not, technically not a person. He's a demigod. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that they were in the afterlife the entire time. And they went to the realm They went the to monsters. The Lolotai. <laughs> so that, that's another thing that uh, kind of enforces the theory is she was able to go to the realm of monsters because she was just a spirit at that point. Because how else would you get there? Right. Yeah. You find Maui, Maui and you open the gates. That's how. <laughs> but so the, the theory is she died in the storm, which I can make this theory even darker. Go for it. That's why we're here. Isn't yes. It? <laughs> so, like I said, a lot of the basis of the theory is she sees no other living people for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Until the end of the movie, after she's brought the heart back to Tafiti, she finds the rest of her family. Well, what if the... Uh, the decay of um Tafiti's heart what if the decay that was originally set her on the quest got the rest of her island and they are joining her in the afterlife dang that was deep <laughs> <laughs> that's deep in the ocean <laughs> oh, oh you had to go there oh no i'm sorry <sighs> oof that's rough. <laughs> but a lot of these, a lot of fairy tales are rough. Right. Brothers Grimm. Yeah. It's just how it goes. Well, because like we were saying, it was to warn you against something. Right. Boom. Boom, baby. <laughs> I was talking about one with a friend the other day, but a lot of people think that Tarzan is Elsa and Anna's baby brother i've seen that because their parents go away and they die in a ship crash well what if the parents were alive but Mm -hmm. mom was pregnant had tarzan but my friend pointed out that tarzan looks nothing like elsa and anna well for one he's a boy (laughs) thank you captain obvious (laughs) 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 but he he has brown hair and the eyes, they don't match. So, genetics is a funny thing. Well, yes. I would still take that with like a grain of salt because they're different animation styles. Well, yes. So that's going to have a, an effect on that too. 
I could see that, but he doesn't look anything like anybody in Arendelle where Elsa and Anna are from. That's true, too, I guess, but I don't know. He's a monkey man. <laughs> Delicately put. <laughs> but also, like, yeah, what I'm saying is his appearance has physically changed due well, to his environment. Okay. You got me there. You're right. I don't know. I don't know. But he does look very different. Time scale wise, it would make sense. They, I think they take place in roughly the same set of decades. Since we were talking about Elsa and Anna, what if Hans was not the bad guy? First of all, I'm going to be honest, and I don't think I've ever watched either Frozen all the way through because I hate it. I have watched the first one all the way through. Okay. So if you remember at the first of the movie... Anna falls like head over heels with for Hans. Right. Like supposed bad guy. Supposed bad guy. He's tricks her into getting control of the kingdom. But the rock trolls are like pledged to Kristoff. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're obviously magical. So what if they magically took over influence of Hans to make him turn bad because there's no there's no indicator of him switching it's, it's switches like a light bulb one one scene he's good the next scene he's bad mm-hmm. there's like there's no foreshadowing anything like that so what if the rock trolls purposefully made him bad to get Kristoff into power ooh that's a big one conspiracy that's interesting. Never trust a rock troll. <laughs> I probably would, though. <laughs> like big puppies. Yeah, but they're... Wouldn't they technically be fae? Ooh, that's a good point. You should never trust the fae. That's a very good point. Hmm. I'd have to do more research. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll circle back on that. <laughs> so my next one is uh, Snow White died from the apple. Like straight up died, died. So like uh, similar to... Moana? Yes. I don't I honestly don't remember if they said she just fell asleep or if she did die and the kiss magically brought her back. But from the adults, like if you look at it from like a literary let's analyze everything metaphorically perspective, the kiss didn't so much bring her back as she is going into heaven. She's going into her own heaven. Mm. That's just her heaven. Yeah, so she she died, and everything after that was a metaphor. That's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not going over happy theories, though. <laughs> Especially, like, how how is it so obvious once it's pointed out, but why do we not see that one first? Because, I mean, we're watching them as kids. They're kids' movies. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes quite a bit of, like, English class to grasp a metaphor. I wasn't good at English. <laughs> I mean, I I was, but especially as a little kid watching a movie, you're not looking for anything like that. You're taking everything at face value. Well, what if when you grow up... And you slowly lose your purity. All you can see are the what ifs, like the anxieties. And it's, it's possible because it's adults well, creating it. Yeah, because if it was kids creating it, it wouldn't have that outlook. Also, like one of my favorite things to do when watching stuff is to come up with all the crazy theories mm-hmm. because 
there's always going to be um, foreshadowing that's never resolved. I hate cliffhangers. Like, so one of my favorite shows to do this with was WandaVision. Oh, yeah. Because it was so mysterious as to what was going on. I was, like, actively searching Easter eggs and trying to piece together the story before it unfolded. You know, now that you mention that, I actually was, I just finished a book series that it was like that, but I also found it exhausting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's like five different roads you could take right now. Pick one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw a meme the other day, and it was talking about neurodivergence, oh. and it was the person that is watching a movie, but they figured out the plot in their head before it ends, and they blurred it out, and I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> love you anyway though I can't help it I'm gonna figure it out and I'm gonna tell everybody <laughs> well speaking of Snow White did you know that when the movie was released in 1937 it was actually the first full length animated feature film that Disney had put out I did not realize that yeah. but what I did know is those early Disney animations like revolutionized the way we film stuff how did they do that so they were trying to mimic depth in their scenery. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that on a painting. Because when you zoom in on a painting... So the the example that was shown um, in their, how they did it was a shot of the moon. And they started, zoomed all the way in on the moon. And they zoomed out to show the forest. Well, when you do that on a painting the moon is going to change sizes as you zoom out. Oh, okay. But in real life, it's not going to, the scene overall is not going to change size as you zoom out. Everything's going to come in in its correct perspective. So the way around that, instead of painting flat paintings, what they did is they pointed the camera like straight down at the ground and then they had these levels that were, um, they held partial paintings and they were spaced out, like depending on how close the object were a foot, six inches away from each other to give that actual depth. So the moon would be on the very bottom layer and then you'd come up however high and that'd be a, a layer of trees and you'd come up even more. There'd be another layer of smaller plants. And so as you zoomed in on the zoom, as you zoomed in on the moon and came back out, those other elements came into the frame in the correct camera per perspective. So basically figuring out how to make these animations not look like flat drawings. I think you just blew my mind. That was insane. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> That's crazy. Let me drop some useless knowledge on you. <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> That's intense. It was. It, it uh, I'm not as, so I am a film nerd, but not in the way that a lot of people are where they just, like, they know all the actors and direction. I'm a special effects guy. Yeah. And it, to me, it's crazy, like, Star Wars revolutionized special effects also. Mm. Trying to f figure out how to do all this stuff before uh, CGI was a thing. And I just think yeah. it's super interesting. I did take one... Um, I think it was like intro to film or something like that whenever I was yeah. in college. And it definitely made me look at certain aspects, but definitely not as in depth as like what you just mentioned. <laughs> I just mean like, 
oh look at that they came in from a right angle view (laughs) oh yeah something super basic but still just noticing like those little things it makes the movies better but you learn those things and it can also help you um grasp the story the overall story oh so because you catch those gentle nods uh well here's a here's another little fun fact for movies heroes generally come in from screen left Mm. and villains usually come in from the right so in Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode Two, which was the first appearance of the clone troopers, the very first time they come into the scene from the right. But they are, at this point in the movie, they are good guys. So that is foreshadowing of them betraying the Jedi and becoming the stormtroopers. Dang. All because they entered the film screen on the right side. That's insane. The more you know. <laughs> And also, Star Wars is technically Disney now, so it still counts. <laughs> Didn't get too far off topic. So, so uh, Disney's trying to buy Dragon Ball Z. Oh, my lord. So that means uh, Vegeta's up to be the next Disney princess. I say go for it. <laughs> um. So my next theory is Captain Hook killed Ariel's mom. What? So you see King Triton... And all of her sisters, but you've never seen the mom. Right. At some point in Peter Pan, Captain Hook, like, runs all these mermaids off. And one of them is, like, strikingly resemblant of Ariel. Oh. And the theory is that he ran her over with the ship. Jerk. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe he's a jerk. But maybe he's also the good guy and Peter Pan's the villain. What? How? Because obviously Peter Pan is kidnapping these kids and holding them against their will. Oh, obviously. Right. Excuse me. <laughs> you just skipped over that one. <laughs> what? <laughs> skipped so, explaining the kidnapping. <laughs> he's tricking these kids to come to Neverland because he's an energy vampire. Oh, and he's yeah. using their youth to uh, fuel his everlasting childhood oh good elizabeth bathory style and captain hook is appointed by the uh royal royal navy to try and get the kids back dang when you're right you're right i'm usually right (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) let that head fill up real fast Did you know that also in The Little Mermaid, like the original animated, there was a little bit of controversy over when Prince Eric is marrying the witch. I've seen it. Yeah. You've seen it. (laughs) Um, People noticed that he was visibly excited in the wedding scene for just a few frames. But um, I think Disney went back and doctored the image Mm -hmm. up. Now, if you have one of the original VHSs, it's still in there. Well, yeah. But VHS, what is that? <laughs> it's funny how, like, that's part of what I don't like about everything going streaming now is they release it, something's wrong, they fix it, they, re- they re-upload it to their service. And then no one ever knows that there was ever a little mistake Easter egg to look for. Or a Starbucks 
cup in a right. medieval setting. <laughs> that's that's the big one. Like it was there. If you watched it the night that it premiered, it was there. The next night it was gone. What episode of Game of Thrones was that? It was one of the last ones. Mm-hmm. It was the episode where they sentenced Lord Baelish to death in Winterfell. I don't remember the exact episode number. But... <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> There's been plenty of time to watch it. So. True. Uh, Lady Tremaine killed Cinderella's father. That's insane, but also, like, not not surprising. She was terrible. Right, and it was just uh, as fast as he went from perfectly healthy to deathly sick. Poisoning would not be out of the question. And easy in that time. Yeah. Uh, this one doesn't really ha- affect the story so much, but it's just another almost easter egg that you could think of is the bug that the spider in the emperor's new groove is eating as you're like Cusco sitting in the rain Ooh, i hate spiders that 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 fly that he was eating was another human that yzma had oh because at that point you can hear the fly saying help me mm-hmm. and you couldn't understand the animals before that point right uh, the only animal that talks is Cusco. Even the squirrel talks in squirrel. Ooh, that's a good point. Squeak, squeaking, squeak, squeakers. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> Gotta keep you on your toes. <laughs> There's a theory that the whole village was cursed in Beauty and the Beast, which in the in the live action, that's not a theory. That's how the movie was. Because they were all relatives to the people in the castle. Like, they were the... As soon as the curse was lifted, the village people remembered the people in the castle. So, that one's not even a theory. That one's just the way the story is now. Pointed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one is a good one. Beast slaughtered the castle staff in the West Wing is why he forbids anyone going in there. Aww. Before he had control of himself? Mm-hmm. And so he's ashamed of it and won't let. That's why he keeps Belle out of the West Wing. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> Poor Bella. I told you these are not happy theories. <laughs> You're ruining my childhood. <laughs> that's the whole point of this show. Trigger warning. So, I, well, I guess that makes sense because not that Belle knew the Beast beforehand or anything, but they they weren't from that town. Right. So they wouldn't be affected by the curse. Right. Mm-hmm. The more you know. She was the prophecy to break the curse. Quasimodo suffers from hallucinations is why he can talk to the gargoyles. Oh, shit. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should get that lump checked out. Oh, I my Lord. I think it's Lord. cancer. Oh, my Lord. That's terrible. <laughs> I saw one about the Lion King, mm-hmm. and it said that Simba caused the drought because okay. when he left Pride Rock, the clouds are supposed to follow the rightful king. Ah. And he left, and there was a drought, and everything died yeah. until he returned, and it rained. I can see that. That's another one of those that you didn't know it as a kid because it's all metaphor. <sighs> yeah. I love the Lion King so much, though. (laughs) 
even though it breaks my heart every time. Here's a theory about one of our favorites. Okay, hit me. Princess and the Frog. The Froggy Pluto. The Froggy Pluto. It is said because obviously in the beginning of the movie, Prince Naveen is a womanizer. Hmm. He's just there to have a good time. But whenever he turns into a frog, it changes his brain chemistry. And while most frogs seem to be promiscuous, there's one type that is not. And they have one mate for life. Mm -hmm. So if he turned into that frog and it changed his brain chemicals into falling in love with her because he was a frog. That was the only reason he did. And that's the only reason his perceptive changed was because of that. That's interesting. Not the life-altering adventure they went on. <laughs> I was about to say, that's interesting, but that takes away from the It doesn't add to the story. It takes it away. Why can't it just be true love? See, that is what I say about all of these Disney movies. Now, this one isn't about any of the Disney movies, but I think a lot of people have heard that Walt Disney's body is cryogenically frozen it's either his body or just his head. i've always heard just the head and that he's stored underneath is it uh like walt disney world or he's stored underground somewhere i i think it's at the, the actual studios the studios okay there has been official releases where his daughter is like no we had the service he was cremated his ashes are here. That's what I would say. Right. <laughs> right. But why would anybody say that to begin with? Like, that's a big thing to just say. So the story behind it was, at least the one that I always heard, was he had some sort of degenerative disease. Well, it's noted that he died of lung cancer. And, and it was abrupt and kind of sudden. I, I think the theory was that he was going to be frozen and then thawed out when there was a cure. Ah, that's a big what if, though. <laughs> I mean, if you're dying anyway. I mean, yeah. Then let the freezer take you out instead of the cancer? What if that's what Futurama's about? Ugh. What if Fry is Walt Disney? <laughs> what if Fry's dead the whole time? <laughs> oh, man. Well, it would fit part of the episode. <laughs> What about all the the frames that don't make it into the movies because the artists put okay. innuendos in? So there's actually a reason why this is a thing. Back in the day, when there were big studios like this... Um, Once upon a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Far away land. In your contract, and I know this was the the contract at Disney, and I think it was might have been the same at several of like the comic book studios. Every single piece of art you created while you were employed there belonged to the company, mm-hmm. whether you created it at work, at home, just for fun. It didn't matter. It belong it belonged to Disney. So, in kind of a protest, the artists began drawing Disney porn. There's always a type of porn for whatever you got. <laughs> so now Disney has a vault full of it because they own it because that was the contract. But the artists were like, hey, you have all this weird stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they just burn it? Get rid of it. 
Why would you keep it? I guess it's technically an asset still. I don't know. It's a big F you. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that's how that became a thing. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening this week. I know it was kind of a short episode, but we'll be back with bigger and better episodes here in the, the next few weeks. Well, it's kind of hard to find a lot of dark Disney stuff. Yeah. It was, but it's fun to talk about. It was about. just for fun. Yeah. We'll have more to come. Thank you for listening. If you have any of theories of your own, let us know. I'm always interested in a good theory. Yeah. Be sure you're following us on social media. We're on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. And we'll see you next time. See ya.